From Kevin Murphy, this is Conversations with Kevin, a show about innovation, creativity, product, and purpose. All the ingredients that make up what Kevin Murphy is and what we stand for. I'm Sue Remish, your host and Chief Innovation Officer for Kevin Murphy. And now, Conversations with Kevin. Hi, everybody. Today, I have the great pleasure to sit down with James Nicholson. James is a session master for Kevin Murphy and has been with Kevin, I would almost say, since the very beginning, but we'll get into that a little. Welcome, James. <laughs> Hello, Sue. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So, James, let's start from the beginning. How, let's start with how long you've been a hairdresser. When did you first begin your oh, career? I'm, I'm 30 years deep in the hairdressing oh, industry these days. Years, yeah. um, I, I fell into hairdressing. Um, I'll, I'll admit it wasn't necessarily my first choice, but every day since that day that I started, I have just become more and more passionate about what I do in hairdressing, and I've fallen in love with it more and more. Yeah, that's so. What, what, just out of curiosity, what was your first choice? I wanted to be a vet, actually. Oh, that's great. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> that's awesome. So, you, 30 years ago, you started in hairdressing. What eventually led you to Kevin Murphy? So, I've, I actually was very passionate about and loved. Um, I was exposed to a product that Kevin was working on back in the 90s called Crisco Murphy. Mm. And I just respected the, the whole philosophy he had around this very early prototype yeah. of the brand that it is today. Uh, and it was stay true to the same three pillars that we have today. You know, he was focusing in the 90s on the environment. That was unheard of. Yeah. Uh, he was looking at, you know, sexy packaging that was like, again, like packaging you wanted to have on the counter, not under the cupboard. Yeah. Um, and also um, just be true to, you know, his fashion roots. Yeah. Um, he just come off working with, um, you know, after 10 years with Kylie Minogue, traveling the world and working on editorial shoots in New York. And this was his first product. So Cusco Murphy. Yeah, it's funny, James. I actually was first introduced to Kevin through Cusco Murphy as well, but I had no idea it was Kevin's product. Right. So my hairdresser at the time introduced me to the lavender cream in the jar and I loved it. And years later, I met Kevin, and it wasn't until a few years after I met Kevin that he mentioned Kuzkoff Murphy. I'm like, that was yours? Like, it was such a serendipitous <laughs> moment. So he was in my life far before he was actually in my life, so that was interesting. So um, you were introduced to Kuzkoff Murphy, and then what happened after that? How did you actually meet Kevin, and where did you go from there? So uh, our point of contact was Melbourne Fashion Week. Melbourne Fashion Week was um, a fledgling project at the time, maybe it was 16 years ago. It was a consumer event which was at the time a very unfashionable thing and it's mm. now grown to be how Fashion Weeks are driving themselves right. these days. But um, so he was the, he'd be named the director, the mm. head director of that event and I was on the team and okay. it was, uh, yeah, and we've never looked back. So did he choose you to be on the team or did an agent introduce you or how did that Actually, work? Actually, um, it was through um, Felicity at the time. So Felicity um, and Kevin Cross, yeah. who were, sure. were the only global education team yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was actually on the same day, Nathan Gorman, Wade Blackford and myself, we all arrived for our onboarding. Oh. And 
It was when Kevin left the education was born. Uh, and then Jess Ash came shortly thereafter. And right? Jess Ash joined and started mentoring us within that same year. So that was kind of the, the core team. Isn't that, oh my God, when you think about you, Nathan, Wade, Jess, that, that had to be like an atomic explosion in Something the hair was world. going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The hair stars were aligning, yeah. right? That's, a, that's just amazing. So, you know, I hear hairdressers talk, there's a whole lot of conversation about generalist specialist you know do you consider yourself to have a specialty in hairdressing or do you consider yourself sort of a, a hairdresser of all trades I'm I'm really look I, I I describe myself as practicing the art of mindful hairdressing like mm. I just believe so much in communication yeah and listening yeah um, and that we're 50% being delivering on what our clients need if we simply listen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's one way to describe myself. I think, you know, the texture, um, you know, that's how Kevin, most of the KM team, describe me as kind of I do the texture thing. I'm, I'm the, I bring out the movement and textures, and, but I do it through cut, colour, and style. Okay. So, for me, those three disciplines yeah. and, and having um, honed skills in all three areas for me is my specialization. Yeah. You know, it's funny, when I talk to other members of the Kevin Murphy team, they talk about you, and the word they always use is how inspiring you are. They say you're such an inspiring hairdresser to work alongside with. I'm curious what inspires you. Wow, it's really humbling to hear that. Um, what inspires me? I'm, look, I, I, I think my lifestyle alone, like the, the, the nomadic lifestyle, yeah. allows me to dip into so many cultures, mm -hmm. and so I do get fed by a lot of like how I choose to live my life. Um, where do I draw inspiration from? Um, my, my partner, Angel, has this uncanny ability to filter popular culture and bring home to us like the coolest music that's going on and the most up-to-date, interesting artists that are doing new. And So I have to say that Angel definitely inspires me. Um, I just have to watch what she does and I just get fed all this yeah. culture. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's amazing. I find that people um, are either inspired by what's around them or they're very close to looking at it. And, and when I meet people like Kevin, like he notices everything and you notice everything. And I think there is inspiration in everything, but you have to open open your eyes oh, to it, right? And it's, it's all there. Yeah, and nomadic is a good word to describe you because you are everywhere. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> So, um, what are some of the ways that you keep inspired and how do you continue to really work and hone the craft of hairdressing? Sure. I, um, I mean, I still like to see private clients wherever I can and wherever my job um, allows for this. Mm -hmm. And um, I allow, like, I curate, for want of a better word, I curate my private clients. And uh -huh. in that way, I mean that I, I keep choose to keep my clients that really challenge me and you know they may, it may be that they're really fashion forward or it may be that they have really challenging um, like needs and demands and yeah. um, things problems they need solving and so they push me to still you know for my brain to still bend a little yeah. bit when it comes yeah. to delivering on their hair. Isn't it interesting that you use ch your clients to continue to inspire you and grow your craft because so many hairdressers I talk to say, oh, I read Vogue magazine, I go to fashion weeks. You're like, nope, right there in the client, right it's there in the chair. Right there. <laughs> That's awesome. And every, every client around the world right now is swooning to hear that mm. they're inspiring you to be better. That's awesome. Um, you recently took a pretty big role on with Europe with Color Me, and mm. you were really directing a lot of the 
um, initiatives with Color Me in Europe alongside Kate Reed, um, a definite shift for you. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, why did you decide to take on that role and what has that meant to you and what did you learn in that role? Yeah, it was a huge jump. I mean, I had come off 12 years of mentoring the Australian education team and also arriving fresh off a fantastic Color Me launch in Australia. But that being said, I was still jumping in the deep end, um, picking up some of the work that Michael Young had been doing as the Colour Meet Director um, of Education in Europe. So my role was really to transition that into where does all of that go and how can everyone take advantage of um, all of the Colour Meet content and the education, how can we grow that side of things in Europe. Um, So I took on a huge chunk and I quickly learned that um, the only way I was going to get through this was with a great team around me and that was when I was exposed to the European education team yeah. and the whole European team of Kevin Murphy in Copenhagen and it was so humbling yeah. to be around just this awesome um, group that just worked so well together, they were already a well-oiled machine um, and I just started learning on the, on the go and yeah. I think to throw myself in the deep end was one of the ways in which, um, I guess, continuously in my career, I've gotten to where I am today. Yeah, It's about throwing yourself out there. Yeah, I remember you and I talking about that before you took the role, and you said that you were so nervous about it. I said, that's exactly why you should do it, right? (laughs) Thank you, Sue. We should all tackle things that make us nervous, because, you know, it's that little bit of nervous energy that says, all right, there's something out there for me to learn that I haven't yet mastered, right? So that's awesome. Yeah, and and you've been such a a Mm. massive support to that team, and the Color Me team and all the educators in Europe are so lovely and collaborative and wonderful. Like they're a very, very strong team. So that's awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk specifically about your relationship with Kevin and your collaborations mm-hmm. with him. I know that you and Kevin work very closely together on shoots, on shows, on many different things. Tell me a little bit about that and, and, and what role do you play alongside Kevin himself? Mm. I... Uh, how do I put into words? So, I mean, Kevin on all of our shoots and all of our high-end shows um, and some of the um, events that he steps in um, on a full creative role, like say Melbourne Fashion Week, he will come in as the creative director. He's got all the ideas, mm-hmm. um, and as an I guess the art director to mm-hmm. those ideas, I um, work on realizing those visions mm-hmm. and work on realizing his visions and helping us to get to that end point. Yeah, so, interesting. Yeah. And how do other stylists who are working along those projects play a role in this and, and really keep you on your toes and keep you inspired? And how do you collaborate, for example, in, I think you recently um, led a team of stylists at the Nordic Hair Awards. Talk uh, a little bit about that. Well, this was of such, a, like, I mean, we, we, we're collaborating all the time with groups of stylists, mm-hmm. but the Nordic Hair Awards brought together the cream of the crop when we talk about Northern Europe's um, Kevin Murphy yeah. elite stylists. And to be in that room with our diamond and platinum and gold stylists that have been handpicked to profile the brand at the Nordic Hair Awards mm-hmm. was just like watching, um, you know, grace in its in in, in flow. It was just this yeah. kind of serendipitous, graceful energy in the room, and it was it was really awesome. That's so amazing, and it's funny. I, I'm curious to know what advice you'd give to a hairdresser who wants to pursue session work or fashion weeks because one of the things I've noticed listen I'm not a hairdresser but I've been 
backstage many times at these shows. And what's so awe-inspiring to me is the, the need for the constant level of, of creativity and, and excellence that goes on for hours, 10, 12 hours, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think some people think, oh, I want to be backstage at Fashion Week, not realizing that, like, you got to be on your game for an entire day and sometimes into the evening, you know? So, uh, you know, as somebody who directs these shows and has been a part of these shows your whole career, what advice would you give to people who are really aspiring to either work backstage or be at a fashion week? I mean, the, you know, there's a big difference between the idea of it and the actuality yeah. of that, yeah. as you're saying. Yeah. I would say step one is definitely make sure you can get on the session salon program because I think that is a really good bite-sized version of what it's like yeah. to be backstage, you know, to be given a brief, to be put in a position to deliver a brief. And I think if you if you can take those bits on and you still feel like you want to do more, then that's step one. Yeah. Um, I think then looking at um, making sure that you're in a position to um, collaborate with other creatives. So you start making connections with photographers and makeup artists and you listen out for projects. Yeah. Um, find a mentor. Um, practice, practice, practice. That's yeah. what I say to every stylist that wants to pursue any aspect of the arts or fashion or session world. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned, mentioned Session Salon. Uh, both Jess Sash and Patty Doyle were on this podcast talking about Session Salon. And I have had the great fortune to sit through Session Salon um, when we launched it in North America. And one of the takeaways for me, which I didn't really connect, were was talking about backstage and what happens with a team of stylists and if one person sort of falls out of step, the whole thing has the potential to fall apart. And I think you gotta know that going in, that you are, you are a part of a team and you play a vital role and if you break from that role, it can be devastating to the mm. outcome because of the, the swiftness of, of how you have to get things out on time. And I, it's just, I thought it was really, really fascinating. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. Um, so let's talk about what advice you would give to stylists who maybe don't want to do shows or don't want to do editorial, but they just want to grow their skills. I mean, you mentioned Session Salon. That's absolutely a great first step. But what else like, did you do in the early days when you said, all right, that's where I want to go and here's how I'm going to get there? So I really, I'm really passionate about further education. Mm -hmm. You know, further education is the key for all hairdressers to stay relevant, to feel relevant mm -hmm. and current when dealing with their clients. So session salon is just as relevant for someone that wants to hone their skills within mm -hmm. the salon mm -hmm. and doesn't necessarily need to be, mean they need to be aspiring to be an editorial stylist or a session stylist. You can want to be a, um, a, like a greater um, hairstylist that has more... Um, like maybe you're creating a new colour story or you're creating um, your um, mark as a cutter or a stylist yeah. that has a more, um, like you have a more specific um, aesthetic to your work. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that also going back to session salon, going to any other higher education. So, you know, you look, for example, at our Bang Bang collection for 2020 and mm -hmm. it's like within there, there are um, skill sets that we're offering yeah. that could grow any stylist. Yeah, interesting. 
you know, you've talked a lot about a lot of things today. You know, one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, just being a globalist. And that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to travel all over the world, but you have to take a global view, right? You have to look at inspiration from everywhere. You mentioned Session Salon. You mentioned, you know, finding a mentor, which I think is, is absolutely critical to anyone's career path, no matter what you do. If you had one final word of advice on how people keep up, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I think look towards the past and dream towards the future. Oh, that's so. awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I don't know that anything that clever is going to come out of your mouth, but yeah. That's, that's, I mean, you know, it's about being in the moment, but yeah. also not being scared of history and studying the path, but um, imagine the future. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, imagine the future. I love it. Well, on that note, I want to say, James Nicholson, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I know that uh, everybody who will listening it will get so much out of the delightful you. So okay. thank you for coming. Uh, thank you, Sue. I always grow from every conversation we have. So. Great. Take care. <laughs>